cannot think of a better place to be. Uh, it's been good. Uh, yeah. Turn to Psalms 13 tonight. Psalms 13. Psalms 13. I've been going through the book of Psalms and I find some messages in there. I'd like to go back and try to uh, preach on those. And uh, So whenever the Lord lays it on my heart, I'm going to go into the book of Psalms and pray, preach them on, on Wednesday nights and try to lift them. Because Psalms is a wonderful book. I mean, it just, whatever you're going through, the book of Psalms will lift you up out of that. And, uh, and I know there are a lot of people going through some things. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just a messed up world, like we said earlier. It's a messed up world out there. But we have to uh, look unto Jesus and uh, find our refuge and our rock and our strength there. Nowhere else can you find it except Him. You're not going to find it in the government. You're not going to find it in yourself. You're not going to find it in me, but you'll find it in Jesus. Amen. So we need that. Psalms 13 says, How long will thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I? Take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. Thy heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask, lift up hearts and courage us tonight, Lord. We may be going through some things tonight, Lord, but in your word we can find strength and encouragement. Father, we just ask you to touch each one tonight. Empty yourself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. This is the Psalm of David. And, and, and if you read verse 1 and 2, David has a real problem. Uh, and this is time in David's life that uh, no doubt that he's on the run. And we're not certain in the Psalms here whether he's running from Saul or he's running from Absalom, his son. But nevertheless, it's quite clear that in verse 1 and 2, David has a problem. And one of the problems that David is having, he's basing everything around him on his feelings. You cannot take, make decisions. Uh, uh, you cannot live your life on the way you feel. Amen. And you know sometimes we feel good. Sometimes we feel bad. Sometimes we feel happy and sometimes we feel sad. So we cannot base our decisions on our feelings and our emotions at that time. It's a blessing to have good feelings. It's a blessing to be happy. But you know the flesh is the flesh. And it will come up on you all the time. There are all kinds of emotions that you look at. There's the kind of emotions that feel. We can't live our lives on the emotions and feelings in this life. David has a problem here in verse 1 and 2. Four times David uses the phrase, how long? He said, Lord, uh, how long will thou forget me? David feels like he's been forgotten. Uh, we all know the Bible said that Jesus will never leave us, never forsake us. But Jesus said that I will go with you always, even to the end of the world. So David says, I, I feel like you've forsaken me. We know the promises of God. But we cannot help the fact that sometimes we feel like God has forsaken us. 
When we're going through a trial or a storm or, or problems in life, when we look around, we just can't seem to find God. And we feel like that we've been forgotten by God. And that's where David said, he said, how long, how long will you forget me? And we go through that in our life today. We feel like sometimes God has forgotten us. And David feels like God has forgotten. Then he said, uh, how long will thou hide thy face from me? David feels like God has forsaken him. It's like God has turned his face away from him. He feels like God is no longer looking in his direction. You know that sometimes uh, the way problems you may feel like uh, uh, that, that you're all by yourself and uh, you're trying to get through somehow but some way just not there and you, somehow you feel like God has hid his way, face from you. You feel like you cannot find God. You're looking everywhere from God but God just cannot be found. He stepped out of your problem somehow, some way. He's left you. To handle your situation by yourself. David feels like he's, he's been left. He's been forsaken. He feels like God has turned his back on him. But that's where our flesh makes us feel sometimes. We feel like God has forgotten us. Can I say this? God will never forsake you. God will never leave you. But we can be just like David at times in our life. Things come upon us that we sometimes feel like, Dave, like David felt. God has left us. I can't find God. I search and I can't feel God. And I don't hear the voice of God. I don't hear his whispers in my ear. I don't hear it. But David said, Lord, you've forgotten me. You've forsaken me. Then he said, how long shall I take counsel in my soul? having sorrow in my heart daily. Now David feels like he's going to faint. That means David's trials keeps lingering, not just for a day, not just for a week, but this trial is on and coming on, and it's longer and longer, and it's lasting. And David's gotten to the point that he feels like God has forgotten him, God has forsaken him, and God has turned his face from him. And now David's prayer is that I feel like I'm going to die, I feel like I'm going to faint because I cannot go through this on my own anymore. He feels like he's going to die in his problem. Have you ever felt that way? The problem was so big and so enormous in your life that you feel like this was the end. This is the end of it. David was feeling like, hey, this is the end of all things. I, I'm about ready to faint. I'm about ready to go. But we know David's not going to die, but sometimes we feel like we're going to die in the midst of our problems. In Luke 18, 1, Jesus spoke the parable, said unto them, to this end, men ought to always pray and faint not. We ought to pray. Galatians 6, 9, he said, Let us not be weary in well-doing, but in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You don't have to throw the towel in. You don't have to give up. You don't have to walk away. And when you feel like no, you can't find God, when you feel like you've been forsaken, you feel like uh, uh, God's nowhere around, you feel like you're about to end, you don't have to give up. You don't have to faint. Just keep on going for God. But that's how David is feeling at this point. I don't know about you, but I have felt that in my life at points and times in my life. 
I felt like God was nowhere around. I felt like God was just forsaking me. God was not leading me. I was on my own. I felt like God had left me to deal with my situation all on my own. And let me tell you what, trying to deal with something big in your life, you cannot do it on your own. But that's the way David was feeling. Then David said, how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Now David's starting to feel foolish. Amen. David's saying, Lord... How long are you going to let them win this thing? How long are you going to let the enemy be over me? How long are you going to let them be exalted over me? How long are you going to, give, give, uh, going to let them to, uh, get by with what they're doing? Have you ever been in that situation you felt like the enemy was winning? You felt like no matter what you do, you was losing? And sometimes I feel that way. If you serve God any length of time, listen, if you serve God any length of time, if you live for God any length of time, you're going to go through trials, you're going to go through troubles, you're going to go through problems. And there's always going to be the enemy standing right next to you. He's always going to be right beside you, whispering in your ear. And those times when you're serving God, Sometimes it feels like the devil is winning. Sometimes it feels like the enemy is winning. And sometimes it feels like that we're on the losing side. And David starting to feel foolish about this. He said, Lord, how long are you going to let them get away with what they're doing? I, I, I imagine some of us have thought the same way. Lord, how long are you going to let this happen? How long are you going to let this go on in my life? How long are you going to let this happen? My enemies are winning. I feel like I'm losing. I'm not getting any ground. I feel like I'm feeling foolish because I serve you and you're nowhere around. First two verses, David's got a real problem. A real problem. And there's times you may have sung the songs and praised God. And you come to church feeling great. And the devil's right there in your ear. Saying, where is your God now? You're going through this trial. You're going through this situation. Can you imagine Joseph being uh, thrown in a pit? And, and when they put him in a pit, can you imagine the devil got right beside him up in the ear and says, huh, where's your God at now? And then they sold him into slavery. And I, and I imagine, I don't think Dave, uh, uh, Joseph got the ride there. I think he had to walk the whole way he went. And I imagine every step he took, uh, the devil was right in his ear saying, Where is your God at now? Potiphar's house got lied on him. He said, Hey, where is your God at now? He's thrown in prison for years. And I imagine every night there was time that David, Joseph said, I, I, I'm doubting, I feel foolish because I'm serving God. And I've been going through all this. And the devil get right here and says, where is your God at now? Can remind us that we all go through those. There's always, a, we're going to have those problems in our life. We're going to have those trials in our life. We're going to doubt God. We're, what the devil's going to get in our ears says, where is your God at now? David's got a real problem here. And you and I can say in this life, we can have real problems because we live in this flesh and we live in this world. Those things are naturally bound together because that's where it is. 
There's not one of us can say, I don't have any problems. I've got life is great and everything. It may be great for the day, but tomorrow is coming, and we don't know what tomorrow holds. Amen. You may get the worst phone call you could ever get tomorrow morning or midnight tonight. You could get the worst news tomorrow thinking everything's fine, but all of a sudden your life has been changed. The problem comes, the trial comes, and the devil right in your ear. Where's your God at now? David's got a real problem in verse 1 and 2. But in verse 3, David has a prayer. David said, Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. David went from facing his problem, now he's facing it in prayer. Pouring out his heart to God. And David is overwhelmed with his enemies when he he said, Hear me, Lord. And what we see happening here in verse 3, God is putting the squeeze on David. God has gotten David into a place. uh, He's putting that pressure on David. Uh, The problems get so big in his life, uh, he can't even see God anymore. He can't feel God anymore. His problems has overtaken him. Uh, He feels like God has abandoned him. Uh, He feels like God is nowhere to be found. Uh, And he feels like the enemy is winning. The pressure is on David. David is being drove to his knees and God put him on his knees and put him into prayer. Let me just say there, there's times in your life that the pressure of this life will drive you to your knees and you put you in that prayer that you call out to God. If you and I would be honest tonight, we all pray harder when the heat is on. When everything seems to be caving in, when the life seems to be thrown in us, that's when we pray the hardest. We pray more when it looks like we're on the losing side. We all pray more when the flesh comes and say, God has forgotten you. When it feels like God has hid his face from you, it's those times I may not know much, but I do know that when it seems like your back is against the wall and I've exhausted everything that I can do, all my resources, all my intellect, I got nothing. I'm telling you, God uses those times to put pressure in our life, to drive us to our knees, to call out to God. And and you'll let me say this, when you're on your knees and you're calling out to God, it becomes a reality in life. You don't have to pray like we should, you know. We don't pray the way we should when the sun is shining and when the bills are paid and we got food in the cover. We don't pray as hard as we should. When everybody's healthy, wealthy, and wise, we just don't pray like we should. We pray the most when we're falling apart. Our lives falling apart and our backs are against the wall. It's when our, it's, that's when we fall on our face and cry out to God. Oh Lord, would you consider me? Would you just hear me? I, I'm overwhelmed with the enemies, David said. Have you ever prayed what words could not do? Amen. Have you ever prayed? When nothing but you cannot say but Oh, God, oh, Lord, help me. 
I'm telling you, it's those times that may be around you that uh, uh, pray in that way and they, they, they got something going on in their life and, and it doesn't matter what's going on in their lives, but uh, it just seems like they can't get the words out. Uh, it cannot find out. The devil don't know what you're trying to say. And those kneel down by the prayer uh, in prayer doesn't know what you're trying to say. The words just cannot come out the way you want them to come out. Uh, you got something deep down in heart burning inside of you. You got this burden home you, you got this trial on you you got this storm inside of you and you don't know what to do and you just come and fall on your face and say oh God, oh Lord hear me, help me and let me just tell you there's a God in heaven and knows exactly what your heart is trying to say, he knows exactly what you need, he knows exactly what you're saying and God will answer that prayer oh God I need you tonight David is overwhelmed with emotions. He said, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Now David's not dying, but he feels like he's dying. He tells God he's going to sleep the sleep of death. Lord, if you don't answer me, it's over with, it's done. I'm about through, I'm about ready to give it up. I'm going to die, Lord. I'm going to die in this mess, David said. You know that sometimes God has to let us get that desperate in our lives. Get to that point where we just lay aside our pride, our religion, and that good old, get a hold of that good old Holy Ghost fashion conviction in our life. And when you're at your lowest, and you get past ourselves, that is when God can do something in your life. There's not a lot of agonizing in prayer no more. Jesus went before the cross, and in the garden he agonized in prayer that he prayed so much, so hard, that until the sweat became his great drops of blood, he agonized. He was burdened over that. Jesus put everything he had in the prayer. What have you put into your prayer lately? He poured himself out in his prayer. And prayed with such strength in the garden. When's the last time you agonized somebody or something that was going on in your life and you really had to get a hold of God? There's no agonizing in prayer anymore. David is overwhelmed with his enemies in verse 4, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. David said, God, I got so many enemies at this point in his life, there, there are more against, against David than there were for him. He said, God, if you don't do something here, it's going to happen. The enemy is going to have a celebration. They're going to celebrate. The enemy are going to rejoice when I'm overcome. God, I need your help. I'm sure that we all could testify that sometimes in our life, if we had not prayed, if we had not agonized over a situation in our life, if we hadn't done what God wanted, there, there were people sitting on the ready, watch you fall apart to 
say in your ear, where is your God at now? Where is your God at? You preached your God, you witnessed your God, but yet here's something come to your life and you fall apart and you walk away and they're sitting ready to watching your, uh, uh, your actions and everything you're going through in your life and they're waiting to say, where's your God at? Where's your faith at? You know, that, I, you know people, I, if anybody ever says, ever heard this, I saw that coming. I saw that coming. I knew that was going to happen. Hey, you ever heard anybody say that? Let me just say this. Spiritually, that's the worst thing you ever say to anybody in church. Well, I just knew that was going to happen. I'd be afraid to tell somebody in church that because it, it just might come on me. If you see somebody going through something, whether you knew it or not, just pray. Just pray. And if somebody comes up to you and says, well, I knew that was going to happen. Did you pray for me if you knew it was going to happen? Maybe you could have been it if you'd have prayed harder for me. Amen. Amen. David has, he's overwhelmed with his enemies. They seem like they're more against him than they are for him. But God is using the pressure of this situation David's in to drive David to his knees. Now, let me just say this. God will use some pressure in your life to get you to where he wants you at. It may be that you haven't prayed like you should. It may that our prayers are not being as strong as they should be and there's some things that come into our life that will drive us to our knees and put us in that position of prayer. It may be that sometimes you don't have the words to say, you don't understand it, but you just cry out the Lord, oh God, oh God, oh God. God knows what you're saying. David has a problem. David has a prayer. But in verse 5 and 6, David has a praise. David literally takes the problem to prayer and turns them into praise. I, I'm sure that when you get to verse number 5, the same problem in verse 1 is still a reality. It has not gone away. In verse 5, do you know what the difference in verse 5 there is in verse 1? It's David. The songwriter says, sometimes he calms me and sometimes he calms the storm. But I have trusted in thy mercy, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. David looks back in his life. He said that some problems he had gotten into a long time before and the problems seemed so big in his life at that time. I feel like God has forsaken me. He says he, he forsaken me himself. I, I'm overwhelmed with the enemies. I, uh, I can't sleep at night. I can't do this. I feel like I'm about to die. And David said, I've got to go back. So he gets to back. He said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back and look at my life and the problems I had in my life and God brought me through those problems. I was overwhelmed in my life at that time. I was draped to my knees. I felt like I was going to die. But somehow, God brought me out somehow. And God brought me through. And let me just tell you this. When you feel like you can't win, you feel like the enemy is against you, you feel like your backs go by. Well, look back to where God had delivered you from the same type of situation in your life. And that's what David did. He said, I'm going to look back. 
and remember what God did for me then. I remember where God brought me through that situation. I thought I was going to die. I thought my back was against the wall. I thought the enemy was going to kill me. But God brought me through. You know, when, when you get to thinking about what God had done for you back there, remembering what God had done for you, it'll make it put a song in your heart. Amen. It'll put a braise on your lip. Remembering what God had done for you in the past. No matter what you're going through today, it means seems like the enemy is caving in. It seems like the world's then turned upside down. But just remember what God has done for you. David's praise was sincere. He said, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I, I think the entire Psalms here, God is driving David to those two words, my heart. God is driving David to a point that he will learn something that is valuable in life in his Christian walk. That is to be able to praise God sincerity with sincerity from the heart. Let's be honest, sometimes we praise God because it's just the right thing to do. We just praise God. I'm not saying that we're not sincere about it in those times, but you know, there's some, someone is sincere in their praise is when they have more problems than they can count. They have more enemies they can face. But yet, yet, through all of that, they can get up and not say, oh, woe is me, oh, poor me, but get up and thank God and praise God. They're not going to give devil the, the glory, but they're going to give God the glory. They're going to stand and praise God. When everything in their life seems to be chaotic, they're going to stand and praise God no matter what. There's people I know that will stand and praise God, and you don't know what they're facing. You don't know what they're going through. And you'll never know unless they tell you because it doesn't look like it in their life. They walk around the smile on their life. They got a song in their heart and they're praising God. They look like they've got it going on. But let me just tell you, I know their life and it ain't got it going on. But they tell you what they got going on. They got the love of God deep down in their heart and they're sincere with their praise no matter what they're facing, no matter what they're going through. And that's where God wants David at. From your heart, from your heart, I want your praise. And God is telling you and I the same thing tonight. From your heart, I want your praise from your heart. And sometimes in order for God to get the praise from my heart, he's got to put us in some situations that will drive us down to our knees. He was sincere about it. He praised him with song. Verse 6, I will sing unto the Lord because he had dealt bountifully with me. Can you imagine singing in a time like this, David's life? And I, and I imagine, you know, if David's singing here and praising God and those around him thinking, boy, you must be cracked. I know you'll, I see what's going on. You've got more enemies you can face and your problems seem to be raising. Here you are singing and praising God. Something ain't right with you. Let me just say singing and praising God. Something is right. In Psalms 137, they just got in captivity. The Bible says they hung the harps in the willow trees. 
says, we can't sing a song anymore. In fact, they had just given up. If it had took the harps and said, you know what? I may be in this situation. I may be in captivity, but I'm not going to stop singing the praise of God. I'm not going to stop giving God the glory. But they hung them in the trees and said, you know what? How can we sing songs in a strange land? Let me just remind y'all, we're all in a strange land. Hey, man, if you don't think it ain't strange, turn the TV on watch it sometimes. And how in the world can we sing a song in a strange land? Because this is not my home. I know where I'm going. I've got something down inside of me that says, hey, you got to sing, you got to praise God and give Him the glory because one day He's going to deliver us out of this land. They could have kept singing in their captivity. That's the kind of testimony we need to give. When your life is in captivity, when your life is just being torn apart and you don't know what's going on, you're losing, the enemy is waning, your back's against the wall, we ought to just sing praises unto God and give Him the glory. It will prove to this world that you trust in the Lord when you sing in praise to Him. Especially when they know what you're going through. They've heard what you're going through. And yet they see you standing there with a smile on your face. Your hand raised to heaven. Praising God. And singing hallelujah. Listen. Our testimony should never be a dis- disencouragement. It should always be an encouragement. You should always sing. Why, is, why should David be singing here? Why should he sing? You know what? Why should we be singing at this time in our lives? God tells us right here because he has dealt bountifully with you. What God has done for you, where God has brought you from, if you bought by the blood and you're on your way to heaven, you've got something to sing about. Not just on Sunday morning, not just when it feels good, not when the bills are paid. But let me tell you, you got song to sing when you broke down on the side of the road and you run out of gas. You got song to sing when you look in your cupboard, you ain't got no food. You got a song to sing when the doctor called you and said, there's no hope, there's no use. You still got a song to sing. God has dealt bountifully with us all. We ought to sing the praises to God. And give him the glory for what he's done. David had a problem. David took that problem to prayer. And then he started praising God. Boy, that's three things we ought to just get in our lives right now. Whenever the problems come in our life, no matter what they are, just take that problem to prayer and start praising God. Amen. Let's bow our heads.